so many people went in and wanted drinks. I must have waited an hour for the bill. <laughs> it was insane. Hey, you're 86. I'm Justin Myers, and this is a show about how bartenders handle bad situations. Hey, y'all. First off, apologies for all the radio silence lately. I had to do some traveling, and also my laptop died a horrible death. But now we're back to your regularly scheduled program. Anyway, we talk a lot about empathy and handling various customer interactions on the show. So I thought, why not talk to a customer and get their perspective from the other side of the bar? My guest today is Hannah Chamberlain, a.k.a. Spirited L.A., she runs an Instagram feed and blog featuring gorgeous cocktails, recipes, and more. One of the most professional imbibers you'll ever meet. She's been to more bars than anyone can count all over the world. And it was really enlightening to hear her experience as a customer. Let's get into it. Yeah, it was a really great bartender at the last place. That was a good place to end the night. I wish I had not ordered the cocktails, mm. but... <laughs> nice. You're sort of a professional bar drinker a professional drinker <laughs> professional drinker <laughs> or professional bar goer or patron uh, in other words uh, but anyway you go to a lot of bars um so i wanted to get your perspective Thank you for being nice about that um <laughs> it's professional i mean we're all kind of in the same industry different uh-huh. sides of the same industry uh but i wanted to get your perspective on on because i talk a lot about customers and dealing with customers from my side so i thought why not talk to a customer uh-huh. um so i guess let's just start from the beginning when you when you go to a bar when you enter a bar uh, i wanted to talk about kind of that experience and especially because you go to a lot of new bars as you just mm-hmm. mentioned and one of the things that i see when customers come into my bars is like they don't know where anything is they don't know how anything works what is an experience you've had like that going to a new bar where you've felt really welcome and and it's like it's gone really well and yeah I uh I do go to a lot of bars and I'm probably a little less confused about many things just based on how many bars I go to but it's really nice when you go to a new bar you get eye contact from the bartender that's such a huge deal a smile is nice Mm -hmm. hey Uh, anything like that is big a menu being dropped very quickly all those things make me feel very at home and like I know what to do I know where to go, Uh, anything, any direction about feel free to sit anywhere or you want to check in with the person standing in the front, whatever. Uh, Someone who's just kind of normal and treats it like you're walking into their house or their party. That's always a very good experience for me. So being greeted, basically. Being greeted is is key. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely I try to do that. And I feel you. I kind of see it in people as soon as I'm like, you know, I kind of just have a script. It's Uh like. Hey, welcome. Have a seat wherever you like. Here's a menu. Order the bar when you're ready. Yeah. Like, real quick. And people are like immediately like, okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I used to, I used to like annoy me. I'm like, wow, come on, you're in a bar. You should be having fun. Like, uh-huh. why are you so scared? But um, it, it is kind of scary. You're in a new place. It's like, you don't and know how anything And some places have rules. You don't want to, right. it's weird, but you do can sometimes get the sense of, am I going to get in trouble if I sit there <laughs> yeah. or something? Like, yeah, I mean, probably not, but like, it, it's, it's, it is weird. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Um, so I guess what's a time, what, what's an example of, of going to a bar, going to a new bar where it's like, hasn't gone well? Hasn't gone like, well? Like if you just walked yeah. out. At a place and, and maybe There have why. been a few places I've done that. Usually, 
and I said the eye contact thing before, but that is so big. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I go into a bar, especially if it's not too busy, it's like, you know, couple, like, clearly not crazy, insane. That's not the problem. But you go there and you kind of are standing around. Or you're like trying to sit down or and you're looking up and waiting to greet. And someone is it almost feels like they don't want to look and they're like doing their own thing. You're like, do I is this a bad time? Should I have? <laughs> uh, so that's that's always kind of awkward. Um, or I guess if I mean, sometimes you do go to a place and they do have a set idea of like no sitting at the tables or something, but it's not very clear and then it doesn't feel very welcoming and. Uh, you just kind of get off to a bad, weird, uncomfortable start, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Um, you you brought a, you mentioned a good point about uh, when it's not busy versus it's busy. Mm-hmm. When when you go to a place that's very busy, and you know, a lot of people, I think that's something that everyone struggles with, both customers and bartenders. Yeah. You know, because from our side, it's like, wow, there's fifty of you and two of us. Right. <laughs> I can only help so many people at once. So much. You know, exactly. I can handle like five orders at once. Like, okay, but um, so what's a time when you've gone to a place that's really busy, and you felt really taken care of, and what what exactly I, happened? Yeah, I I have a tremendous amount of sympathy for that. I this I've never worked at a bar. I worked at a coffee shop for like three weeks once, and mm-hmm. I could I could not do it to <laughs> save my life. I'm I love cocktails, but if I had to make them for a tremendous number of people, I would lose my mind. So I have an incredible respect for this. Sometimes though, it obviously is handled better than others. I think if you can drop them, if I if someone gives me a menu anytime remotely soon with when I come in, I'm totally fine. I'm like, great. I can, I have eyeballs. I can see that this is insane, Mm. but thank you for acknowledging that I exist. I feel seen. And then I will probably be incredibly, uh, is that a bird? It's a bird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Dropping a menu. If someone is able to drop a menu and make you feel seen, that's so much better. Uh, we all see that it's busy and it gets crazy sometimes and everyone's only human. I have had, I remember pretty recently, this was maybe two months ago, I remember this though, I I got the first drink before the Mad Rush. This was one bartender, I think they were very, very new. They didn't really know what an old-fashioned was, it was like, a, but they were somehow working in a cocktail bar. I don't know what got set up, but it was like 6pm in the Fidei mm. on a Thursday, which is like finance bro galore. Um, so many people went in and wanted drinks. I must have waited an hour for the bill. Oh, no. <laughs> it was insane. I mean, I felt terrible for this poor person, but at the same time, you know, obviously that's not super fun. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it seems like, like being greeted is the most important thing. Yes. Um, Knowing that someone knows you're there, they mm-hmm. acknowledge you as a human person who will at some point be dealt with. I think, yeah. And even just uh, looking at someone, you're like, okay, phew. I'm not, I haven't slipped into another dimension somehow. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And it's um, like, I found it's not a super difficult thing to do. You just, you just have to be really mindful, like keep, you know, like have the door in your, <laughs> in your line of sight and be like, Oh, someone came in. I got to do my like five second spiel to them uh-huh. and give them a menu. When it's really busy, I kind of have like this running, you know, like when you're transferring a lot of of files on mm-hmm. your computer and there's like seven different progress bars like oh going at different rates i'm always like okay that table i just gave menus okay that table i just picked the bill up i'm bringing the <laughs> it's like so how much time do i have how much time do i have left oh before <laughs> before it like uh 
you know. That's incredible. Yeah, um, I'm a, I definitely would just, three people would come in and I would just hide behind the bar. <laughs> I would just crouch and that would be the Sometimes end. Sometimes you see that. It's like the, I, I don't know what goes on those times, but it's like, where, where's the staff? <laughs> they all in the walk-in? La, 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 la. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, let's talk about uh, like bar, just design and layout kind of things. Because um, you see a lot of bars, you see a lot of different mm-hmm. layouts. Um, one of the things that drives me crazy is like chairs and stuff in, in disarray. Uh, even like it doesn't have to be a fancy bar to like push the chairs. And I think even mm-hmm. the diviest bar, it's nice to just, you know, just line the chairs up. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, it's um, funny. I haven't looked, I haven't looked for that too often, but that makes perfect sense. And layout wise, I don't know. I don't know if I have very firm opinions on that. I know I love it when someone has a beautifully designed, interesting bar and they, mm-hmm. I can hear something about the story of it as a patron hooks and hooks are awesome. It's mm. not layout, but it's, you know, it's important. I love hooks, it. I love yeah. a good hook. And then, uh, <laughs> not a hard thing to install. Either. Yeah. I you know. need a building so code for that. Holding like a backpack all night is always a big pain, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the only layout thing that I can really think of, and this is related, but acoustics, I think, mm. are a big deal. If you have an incredibly noisy space, that makes a big difference about what kind of night you're going to have. Am I going to go to this bar to have a nice conversation with friends where I can talk to the bartender and learn you know, what I'm drinking? Um, so it's nice if it's a little someone's thought about like put noise dampeners or something like that. Uh, and obviously sometimes the noise is okay if you're looking for a very boisterous time, mm-hmm. but that's usually not me. <laughs> have you, have you been to places that, um, kind of handle sound really well? Yeah. I, I think, um, I don't know the exact science behind it, but I know I've definitely been to bars where they've said, we have an issue with this. The noise bounces around like crazy. You get a single person in there with wine voice and that's all anyone can hear. Uh, and I know they've put up dampeners and things that seem to have helped quite a bit. So I I really like that. I almost never go to a bar where I'm not hoping to have a conversation. So right. it's, it's kind important. of kind of the point, I guess, unless you want to drink quietly by yourself, which is <laughs> fine, too. Um, so, yeah, you see you see a lot of cocktail menus as well. And I think sometimes they can be intimidating and like, you know, like this bar and the other bar I work at, the menus are both very long. There's a lot of text. Uh, I remember we had like the hardest font to mm-hmm. read at this place for a, so a long time. But that's been remedied. What do you see in just because I think it's another thing that's pretty easy to control is like, you know, you can print out new menus or whatever. What what do you see in a good menu design that versus a, like a really bad menu design? Yeah, I think there are a couple different things going on there. Uh, For me, because I go to so many cocktail bars, I love something interesting and new and different that I've never seen before. That gets me really excited. I don't know if that's kind of the norm, if there are a lot of other people who are like, I want to see the drinks and for it to be easy to read and clear and give me the old fashioned, I don't know. Um, But I love it when people do something weird and interesting. Uh, I was telling you a little earlier about where I went in Palm Springs, uh, Truss and Twine, Truss and Trout. Uh, it was a it was a great menu though. They were able to separate out all of the um, the menu into eras, into cocktail eras, which I thought was a really fun approach to it. Uh, it contextualizes their Long Island iced tea in a fun way. So I thought that was really great. And then uh, I remember Baram Steinplatz in Berlin. Have you mm. seen their menu ever? 
I think so, yeah. Like a crazy scatter plot that kind of goes through the flavors. You can really visualize exactly what drink you want. So I like it when people make a fun, weird, creative, interesting choice. It's very memorable. Mm. And what's a, what's like a really bad menu? A bad menu for me? I mean, I get a little disappointed when it's just basics, if it's just going to be like old-fashioned you know, margarita, that sort of thing. You almost don't need a menu for that. Yeah, you're like, why is this here? And it kind of makes me, like, sad that no one put, like, a creative, interesting, fun spin on something. Mm -hmm. So that, for me, would be bad. I guess also not listing prices is always kind of weird. It's Mm -hmm. a little uncomfortable. Um, I mean, at certain places, I guess, if you're, it's incredibly fancy, that's one thing. But it's easier. I, I remember once I was someplace, and this is just a spirit, but I think they poured... It was like a pour of like Lagavulin 16 and an ounce of it was like, it wasn't listed anywhere. An ounce of it was like $50 or wow. something. And I was like, this is insane. But I'd ordered it and I'd had it. And that was that. Was that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I find a lot of people ask for my recommendation on something. And, I, and I'll say, they're like, oh, I want something kind of like this. I don't really, I'm not really familiar with these wines or whatever. I'm like, oh, well. You, uh, I have this one. Like, I'll describe it really well. And then they ask, well, so where is that one? Uh-huh. And it's because they want to know the price, but they're embarrassed about asking yeah. about the price. So I think it's very important to... It is awkward. Know. It is a little awkward to have to do that. But, you yeah. know, obviously we're all humans who have money and totally. not an inexhaustible supply. So Totally. Yeah. So I want to talk about service. And we kind of went over, like the physical space of the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get into service. I guess like recently, tell me about like a really good service interaction you had with a bartender or staff or anything. Um, there's a bar near to where uh, I live. Namo, have you been there? No, mm-hmm. Namo. I go there kind of frequently because it's close by and this is a cultural wasteland in this area. There are no good bars. There's very few good restaurants. It's sterile and boring everywhere. Mm. So it's so nice to have a, a, a bar where people are excited about the drinks and the food. I love that every time I go in there, they always say hi. They know who I am. It's very comfortable. I always have great conversations with them. They're able to very uh, non-pretentiously talk about the spirits and how they uh, picked the bottles they've chosen. They have a very specific nerdy reason for doing all of what they do, but they approach it in such an enthusiastic, fun way uh, mm. that it's a really great place to go, either just with my husband or any friends in town. I know we can talk. The seating is great. It's always um, a very comfortable place, and I feel like I know every bartender there very well at this point, and it's so much fun to talk to them. Um, when I've, They've been so fun that uh, I frequently, if I have like a weird... TikTok or Instagram project that I want to do, I know that they'll always be down for me to go, uh, go there and, and have fun with that. Um, and for better or for worse, it often ends, the night ends with an extra shot of something. So <laughs> <laughs> that happens. So you, you mentioned the, the enthusiasm mm-hmm. and I think that that is a really important thing. I think a lot of us in this industry are so excited about the things that we're doing, but sometimes that just that doesn't come across well and and I think a lot of bartenders like have a really good amount of enthusiasm and excitement but sometimes that just turns into like explaining a lot of information to customers that they're not really that interested in 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I see it where the, the eyes glaze over when they start talking about, you know, the different varietal of agave in this mezcal and like what village it's from. And the customer's like, oh, I just wanted a margarita. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want a lesson in agriculture. Uh-huh. Um, but so so at this bar that you mentioned, how how do they have those conversations? Can you describe that a little more? Yeah, I think... I think that when people kind of get really nerdy about this stuff, I think enthusiasm is the main differentiator for me between when I like it and when I don't like it. If someone is trying to explain to you what's so great about a spirit because they're trying to look knowledgeable or they're trying to look impressive Mm. and that sort of thing, or trying to kind of put down people who don't know, that's no fun to listen to. You're kind of being lectured and you're like, I I didn't come here to... um, <clears throat> Sorry, I didn't come here to get this history lesson necessarily. But if you're, they're enthusiastic, and what they're, the reason they're explaining it is because they love it, and they personally, you can tell, are invested in it, and they really care. I could probably listen to someone like that talk about anything and really care about it. Mm. Um, so the enthusiasm is very important, and I think it's also you can kind of pick up on if you're having an actual conversation and you're looking at someone, and you're seeing the eyes glaze over, maybe back off. So just, you know, back and forth is important. If someone asks some interesting questions, and they ask follow-up questions, keep nerding out. Yeah. If someone's like, thank you, please stop. <laughs> you know. Right. It's, just, it's a mindfulness thing, I guess. You just have to be aware of of your customers. And I think it's important to remember, like, why we're all here. It's like, they're here to have a great drink, and the reason why we have all this knowledge and enthusiasm is so we can give people really good drinks. If they're open to learning more, that's great. And that'll help them have better drinks going forward. Totally. I certainly, I think a huge reason I got into cocktails to begin with um, were bars where bartenders were willing to share a lot of information and they really cared and it got me more interested. So it's it's a tremendous, wonderful gift to give people. And uh, you have all this amazing knowledge and it makes our lives better. So it's great to have to share that. But yes, I suppose it can go too far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about a time when you had like a like a weird or bad situation at a bar and the staff like really turned it around somehow. Hmm. Can you think of an example? Hmm. <laughs> I don't really have anything that comes to mind. Hmm. Um, but I can imagine that simply, you know, if things take a long time or if it's very busy and someone just acknowledging it, would make a very big difference for me. I would like that. Uh, or if, I mean, I've had p- things happen where things have broken and things have been, or I've found something weird in a drink and just like being super open and like, whoops, that's not supposed to be in there. Or, oh, I'm so sorry. Just being kind of human about the whole thing and mm-hmm. treating it like you would with your friends at your house is a good way to go for me. Yeah. Let's talk about, like, I guess just a really bad experience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Going to as many bars as I go to, uh, there are, I think, three main categories of bad experience. Mm. One is a pretty easy, someone, whoever's working does not really know how to make drinks very well, mm-hmm. um, which is, I remember a couple a couple years ago, this has stuck with me, there was a, a bartender who I'd ordered a Sazerac, and she brought something over that was very cloudy, and I was like, oh, this is interesting, uh, what is, so this is a... And she says, oh, yeah, it's lemon juice, and it's this, and it's that. And I was like, lemon juice, that's unusual. I haven't heard that. She's like, that's how all Sazeracs are made, sweetie. And I was like, 
Well, so what kind of bar was it? Was it was it? a bar that was supposed to be a cocktail bar. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I, and she was very com- committed. She was adamant that she was right. There's an ounce of lemon juice in a Sazerac. And I was like, all right, well. And she was not, she was super defensive. I tried to drink the whole thing anyway. Um, but uh, anyway, that that's like when someone's incredibly insistent and defensive about something and mm. maybe doesn't really super get, you know, may not know exactly everything that I, not that I know everything. I definitely don't know everything, but there are certain things that I also just wouldn't be defensive about if I make something and someone thinks it's totally off. Yeah. It seems like the, the issue is not whether a Sazerac has lemon juice. It was like, you weren't happy with that drink. Yeah. And I, the answer I feel should have been, Oh, well, how would you like me to make it? Or how can I, how can we do it differently? Not like, scolding you yes. for like, not knowing right. this fact you yeah know? yeah it was uh it was very tense and i definitely didn't feel comfortable going back there uh, mm-hmm. and i felt so that that's not great i think in general kind of a, a defensive attitude is a kind of a mood killer for me yeah. um, if you go someplace and people are extremely um I love people who are very precise and want things done a certain way, but inflexible and rigid and judgmental about things that kind of don't follow their program in a way is not a comfortable place to spend time. It, it feels a little like you're, you know, sitting up straight and am I doing this right? And you don't want to feel like, am I doing this right at a bar? That's that's kind of uncomfortable. Totally. And it's just, it's just drinks. I know it's, it's hard for some people to like step out of a routine and and that takes a lot of work too. But it's like, it's just drinks, you know, if someone wants something different, it's okay. It's not going to ruin your whole program. Really. It's going to make it better because people are going to be like, you know, you can have integrity in a program, I think, but also, you know, again, it's like, why are you there? You're there to give your guests a good experience. Your guests are there to have a great time. Absolutely. And I think just because someone orders a drink that you don't care for, that you think is in poor taste, it doesn't stop you from making a ton of other good drinks. It's just one drink this evening that you might not care for and totally keep going. And and maybe saying like, if someone orders something that you think sounds terrible, like I remember when I was first getting into cocktails, I got confused about, I can't remember. I think it was a Rob Roy. And for some reason I asked for it with dry vermouth. Like, I don't, I don't know, but the person was like, you know, I think you might prefer it this way. Here's like a, and you know, the actual good way to make it. Yeah. Uh, really nice way of saying that's terrible don't drink that but drink this instead um and yeah so i think there's a good way of handling that so they made you feel they they made you feel good about it they were educating me and uh helping in a very nice welcome way but they weren't being like you're an idiot (laughs) yeah yeah i think that's important um not saying like no that's gross yeah (laughs) it's like well how about this? Like, right. I have I have this idea. I think it's really cool. Like, if you like that, then then check this out. We have this way of doing things here. Like, I think it goes back to being excited and, mm-hmm. and making people feel welcome. And then people feel like, oh, this this guy like gave me this really cool thing that was delicious. Um, I can also really appreciate how difficult that is. I mean, for me, when I I do a lot of work creatively, and when someone doesn't like my work or understand it, and is you know, not the best at offering criticism in a nice way, I can feel very defensive and upset about it. I don't always like it. And then to have to have those interactions so many times during an evening, I can see how you'd get worn down very quickly. And keeping that level of positivity and openness is 
very, it's mind blowing (laughs) to me. It's tough. It is tough. I think it's a lot of, you know, you have to let go of a lot of attachment to things and understand that your customers are not having the same experience as you are and they're not going to. And like, that's totally okay. So what are the other two categories of bad experiences? Other two categories of bad experience. So that's one. The pretentiousness is another where it's very inflexible and rigid and you just don't, the, the person might be brilliant and giving you mind-blowingly great drinks, but it's just not a place you're having fun and you don't want to go back there and it makes you awkward. Uh, that's that's always uh, less fun. And then sometimes places that just get so, that the planning isn't there and they're so busy every time you go that you just never go back. I mean, it can be great drinks again and they can be trying very hard, but if it's not if you're waiting 45 minutes every time you want a cocktail um it's something's not working yeah something's not working and even if the drinks are great and you're like okay maybe if i go get a drink at 11 a.m on a tuesday but then you're confronting a whole different set of problems like being drunk every tuesday at 11 a.m so. totally <laughs> yeah unfortunately we're starting to see bars realize that oh we can do volume and it can be really good yeah you know, they can, we're coming more into i think we're moving away from the like very pretentious, you know, suspended. Yes. Takes 15 minutes to make every cocktail and like everything's muddled and uh-huh. like, you know, like, oh, like we can batch four ingredients together and it still tastes good or yeah. if not better. And now you're getting the drink 10 times faster. Yeah. I know there's a lot of debate about whether that's cool or not to, to batch things. I think it makes sense. Um, and someone spending a ton of time on something doesn't necessarily make it. They're still spending a lot of time when it's batched. It's just, right, it's just where time, the time is spent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The time is put in ahead of time so that the drink can be ready. Do you also think people are, like customers, are their tastes are kind of changing towards simpler things sometimes? I see that. And, you know, I'm not in, uh, I'm not in other markets mm-hmm. that often. Um, I feel but, like I'm seeing a lot more martinis and gibsons and kind of pared down simpler drinks popping up on menus again which i happen to like a lot uh but uh, yeah it's true i see that mainly in san francisco i don't know if that's universal yeah i i think there was a time i think maybe it was just overload i think there which is really exciting that people were trying to just push the boundaries and then yes there was like you know cocktails would have all of this these crazy exotic ingredients that no one's ever heard of um but I think that uh, so like there's a bar, there's a bar in London mm-hmm. called Nightjar, mm-hmm. and that's their thing is they they bring you a drink in a terrarium with like fog <laughs> yeah. coming out of it. But you go there for that, you Absolutely. know, you're not because I mean you have to make a reservation there, and it's like very well like advertise it like this you're going here for this crazy mm-hmm. experience, and so then it's like you, you going like all right, I know I'm gonna get something weird. Yes. Um, but if it's just a neighborhood bar, I think we need to take that into consideration. Like, you know, who is our audience here? Right. If you want to do that, you that's cool and you should do it. But it's like also, you know, how do you make your guests understand that this is what's going on here versus like, oh, I just wanted a beer. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have that. I, it's kind of seemed like a place that was just going to have that, you know? Yeah. I, I think, you know, I obviously love a, you can't be a Instagram cocktail person without, loving some super extra garnishes and glassware and bonkers mm-hmm. ingredients. Um, I love those crazy tall oh, so stemware pretty. that you've had in some of your pictures. I love I love the crazy tall stemware. I was just looking at some last night, too. I usually get mine thrifting, but mm. I'm sure it's very impractical most of the time. To oh, completely. That <laughs> delicate. 
and then like this insane like cactus garnish or something that guests will stab their eyes out and it's impossible to get and it's expensive yeah totally different world so I do love that stuff but generally speaking if in, unless it's a special occasion the, stu- the the drinks I enjoy most really showcase the spirits front and center and are clean and uh simple yeah so it's nice to see uh that those aren't like bad drinks or just off menu you can just order a martini it's like we've made this that we think is perfect we have a specific way of doing this. The glass is perfectly done. The temperature is controlled. Everything is lovely. And you're going to get an exceptional drink. It's just less Instagrammable. <laughs> <laughs> so what are uh, some, we kind of touched on it. What are some changes in the industry that you're seeing um, that, that you feel are really positive? Uh, I think the de-suspenderizing of the industry <laughs> is, is very nice. Uh, we, we all, I think, appreciate that at this point. I think it would be kind of funny to have, I'd love to see everyone's old suspender pictures though. I feel like everyone used to do the vest and the suspenders, maybe the, the hat at one point. And uh, we've moved so far away, it's funny to think about that now. That's great. I think people in general are much less judgmental about what their guests are ordering and that they realize that someone can order a vodka soda and that doesn't stop them from making an exquisite, beautiful clarified creation and it's it's fine for people to have whatever they want and i think that's very nice we were just having that conversation at this bar about the vodka soda particularly yeah we're like wait a second uh there's no reason people can't order that and there's no reason we also can't give them the best vodka soda we possibly can (laughs) you know if people want that it's our job to give them a really good drink just as it would be with any other like Manhattan or more complicated cocktail mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. How would you make a really good vodka soda? Uh, Dave Arnold had a bit in, I think it was in Proof, actually, when he was talking to Dave Arnold about a guy ordered a vodka soda and he came in and he, he said, I can make that, but give me a couple minutes. And he had to calculate, like, carbonation because of the difference in density wow. with the alcohol added to the water. And then he added like clarified lime juice, so it was still clear, but it mm-hmm. had the the lime in it. And then it's like like that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'm not judging you at all, but I just need to think about how I can do that the best way possible. Like, yeah. It's really cool. That's nice. Yeah, I think it's great that people are trying to do do that. Um, I'm not a giant vodka soda person myself, but. I do think that a couple of years ago, going with a friend who would order that at a nice cocktail bar would get like some serious raised eyebrows. Whereas now I think like some people, that's just what they want. Let them have it. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. I, I see that uh, with non-alcoholic beverages being ordered. Mm-hmm. And there's like a, there's like, oh God, why am I wasting my time if there's no alcohol in it? And fortunately, I think that's starting to change too. I've read that that's starting to change quite a bit. And yeah. the low ABV and the non-alcoholic are, are really on the rise. Yeah, which I, th- I think is great. There's plenty of reasons not to drink. We talked about that in previous episodes. But um, I guess what are some other things that you see that are really positive? Other positive things. I, I do think the things getting simpler, that's very nice. I like that we're experimenting with methods of pre-bottling, pre-batching. Um, I think all of that is wonderful. It takes the it puts the effort in a place where someone can calmly and reasonably do something very well in the day when they're not dealing with 50 people yelling at them. Um, and it makes a nice standardized experience too. So 
So I think there are a lot of good things that we're we're looking at with that. I know the arguments of this is how the dark ages start, but uh, I think we are very careful about that right now. And, you know, sometimes if there is another dark age, so be it. <laughs> is there anything that you'd like to see change? Uh, I'd like in to the see industry? change. That's a good question. I think... Um, the menus thing we were talking about earlier has stuck with me a little bit. I do think that uh, there's so much creativity uh, surrounding the bar industry. Like there are many people who make beautiful artwork uh, about cocktails and, and spirits. And I think kind of seeing fringe things outside of the drink get more creative and um, bringing in some more art in that way. This, uh, the interval is phenomenal at having extra pieces to what makes the bar experience mm. great and interesting. Every time I explain what it's like to drink here, people are like, it sounds like Harry Potter, you know, it sounds yeah. very uh, interesting and fun and, and bringing in some different kind of themes about why you're there and why you're drinking and mm. uh, what brings people in and the nice kind of cultural associations that can be made there. I think that's very cool. Um, I'd like to see more bars doing that. So like moving away from, the same neon beer ad signs and yeah. and the same layout and everything. And I think um, there's the drinks obviously attract you to a place and having it not be too loud and all this stuff. But it would be nice to it's nice to go to places where something else about the environment or the idea behind the bar mm-hmm. brings you in and, and makes you excited to spend time there. And then another uh, weird one that I personally love. I really like places where you can get a cocktail and do some work or do some reading I know that's a giant pain for people who are working at the bar, but it's really wonderful for, for patrons who yeah. don't I, want coffee all the time. Totally. And I think we're seeing more cafes are having more interesting yeah. beverages or even just like, uh, like there's so much great wine and beer too, mm-hmm. which is so easy. And especially with, you know, cafes can get a license to, to sell those things here. So I, I definitely see more and more of that um, as well. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you thank for giving you for your perspective me. of what it's like to be on the other side of the bar. Yeah, um, absolutely. Thanks. This was so much fun. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. Cheers. That was Hannah Chamberlain. So great to hear her perspective. Greeting every guest who walks in the door is probably the most important thing you can do. Just a simple welcome makes people feel at ease, taken care of, and you can come up with something easy that works for you at your bar and use it every time someone comes in. Be sure to check out what Hannah is working on as well as visit our homepage, your86.com, Y-O-U-R-E-86.com. Links to all that are in the show notes and don't forget to hit subscribe. Stay tuned for more. We'll see you next time. Oh,